Hello and welcome to Herbology. I'm Anne. And I'm Kevin. And on this episode, we're going to be covering She Won't Be Gone, Season 1, Episode Number 10. Written by Brendan York, directed by Peter Stebbings, and this one aired June 3rd, 2016. And for any of you that are new to the podcast, welcome. Do realize that anything related to ERP from episode one to episode 12 of season four is fair game. So hopefully you've seen the whole series. If not, you probably want to save this for later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're coming in at this point, uh, no, no, just stop, go back, start over. <laughs> yeah. Listen to our other podcasts and then come back here when you're done with the whole. Exactly. That should get you first four seasons. (laughs) Yeah. And watch the shows that correlate with them as well. Um, Yeah. So um, Bobo bought shorties. What the heck? Yeah. How's that for out of left field? I mean, we saw it coming just because, you know, we saw the paperwork go down. I wasn't expecting that. Not when it happened anyway. (laughs) No, I don't think I, in my wildest dreams, thought it would be Bobo that was the one behind that. Well, and we didn't even know, we didn't even know Shorty's was on the market. We didn't, you know, there was no for sale sign in the window. We had no idea Gus was thinking of selling. Yeah, no, I think this was one of those, you know, an offer you can't refuse. Yeah. Somebody else, some good money. and. But Bobo Gus, like. (laughs) Well, she didn't know, you know, the agent was acting on behalf of another. So I guess she probably found out just like everyone else did. Yeah. And then it was too late. Yeah. Too late to go back. Yep. Um, but yeah, so in this opening scene, I just love how Waverly just comes storming through the doors and she's just all tough. And the second a revenant grabs her, she's like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> but she comes in like, come on, I'm going to do like, she's going to really kick some butt. And it's like they barely grab her. She's like, ow. <laughs> and that's something that, uh, she did often, especially early on, like that whole part where, you know, she goes on about when Doc grabbed her, how there was some pinching. Uh, she's she's very reactive as soon as anyone actually grabs her. She's all talk until then. Um, but then here we have Wynonna pulling out Peacemaker. And I love how she says, hey, I was code for hands off, douche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good to come to find out they you know had their plan for planting the bug. They did, but it's another one of those, like it, it's a completely different scene, but it cracks me up too, because it's a little hijinksy, kind of like the, the episode where they've got their roles reversed and they come into, to shorties and they're like, um, you know, Winona thinks she's a, a bartender or a waitress at shorties and Waverly thinks she's, she's a cop. Um, it just kind of gave me that feel that way, where it was just like, you know, they've got their plan and it's like kind of working but it's just always on the border of not working out exactly the way they want it to like anything could go wrong at any possible time that, that sounds like basically purgatory exactly <laughs> it's just called being an art but it's just, yeah. it's just a monday right <laughs> just another day that ends in why but yeah so this uh you know she causes quite a scene and it works to her advantage and is you know part of their plan to plant that bug and um it's interesting too I didn't catch this the first time, but the part where, where Bobo is like, you know, you come into my business, you insult me, I'm going to need a token of apology. And then he does his telekinetic thing that he can do with metal, snatching the necklace off of Waverly's neck. And she says, Hey, that was Willa's. Yeah. Don't remember that earlier watches. Gotta say. 
Yeah, me either. Like, I mean, she wears so many necklaces and so much jewelry throughout the whole series. I never just, it just didn't even register in my radar. And first time through the series, would it for almost anyone until we know what we know? No, we weren't looking for it. <laughs> no. Same. I mean, maybe some of us were, but it was, I was just thinking like, there's just, there's such an advantage. I don't even know if it's an advantage, but like, it's so rewarding for me to go back and watch them because, you know, I wasn't of the have to wait each week to watch an episode generation, if you will, um, until season four came out because I could just binge and I was just so hungry for like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? I just, I would go on to the next episode and in doing so just really miss some of these things that I think I would have savored a little bit more if I were waiting week to week or definitely things that I savor now, because there, there've always been episodes that I've been like, oh, I watched that episode, but it wasn't like one of my favorites, but I can honestly say now, like there's just not an episode that doesn't reach me on some level. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because also too, now we have them as, you know, a 49 piece puzzle. Every one of them fits in right? and, and in some way informs a later one or ties to it or, mm-hmm. or something along that. So yeah, it's a, it's a completely different way to watch the episodes and get more out of them. I mean, I'm someone who's again, being doing my air quotes, older generation. Uh, I'm not a binger. I, even, you know, Netflix, even when they have their original shows or these other streaming services and they drop six, eight, 13 episodes at a time. I just don't tend to fly through them as much as I might love something because I want to savor it. I want to think about it, especially a show like this and many others, you know, because you, there's so much it ties into and you, it's just the human brain. If you're just going one after the other, after the other, you can't tell me you can grab all of the little stuff, getting a chance to go week to week and do another rewatch, talk about it online with friends. I just think it makes for a better watching experience. But again, I'm old school. What can I say? <laughs> There's something about this show too, you know, people have their comfort shows. And while this is definitely a comfort show for me, we were having this conversation with some other uh, Erpers last night that this isn't one of those shows that like people will watch TV to fall asleep. This is not a show that I could just put on and fall asleep to because I'm always in the show. Like I would never be just like passive enough while I'm watching to be able to just zone off watching this show. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a more engaged viewing. It's why I normally like to be able to, when I'm certainly for like when we're doing this podcast, and even tales of the black badge ones, when the show was first airing, I, I want to sit down on the couch. I want it to be on the big TV. I don't want to not be watching on a smaller screen, you know, tablet or phone. Not that I can't do some rewatches there, but I want the full experience of just letting it all, the visuals, mm-hmm. uh, the music, the dialogue, and everything just totally wrap around. I've never seen the show on a big, like, theatrical screen. And I just think that would be really cool to do, no matter what episode it was. Yeah, we had, uh, I'm smiling here because a couple of years ago, uh, a few Boston area erpers and I got together and one of the theaters downtown allows you to rent out a movie theater and play your own content. 
So we got together, uh, I think it was a weekend afternoon or something and rented it, you know, they charged by the hour. Um, and we rented it enough time to play two episodes. So there were, you know, a seven, 10 of us, something like that, that got together and sat down in the theater and watched two episodes on the big screen. It was super fun. I mean, obviously watching with her, but, but also getting to see it on a bigger screen. Yeah. Very cool. Very amazing cool. surround sound and just yeah. you know, everything's dark. Yeah, just heroes really are up fun. there big on the screen like that. I mean, Larger than life. Yeah, exactly. You know Where was... they belong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah, I could imagine. Um, another thing that stood out with me about Willa's necklace that is, again, something I notice now having seen everything and going back. It was a bird. And there are so many birds yeah, yes, placed yeah. throughout this show. And again, little thing that I picked up on a, a rewatch for this particular podcast one, because again, ding, 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 this is Willa's or was Willa's. It just made me pay a little closer attention to it. So, yeah, I noticed that too. And it's interesting when we come back towards the end with dolls, seeing the crows out by Will, Lou's place and all. Yeah. It's, again, it's just like another one of those episodes where it's like when you when you really break it down, it's you know, so much is happening. And, and originally I was like, oh, until we really sunk into it <laughs> with this Willis situation. I like some of the, the pop culture references in this one where uh, they reference Drake and uh, Wynonna's line. She's like, oh, you're zoning out to Drake. And he's like, oh, this hotline bling only features rev heads enjoying watered down beer. She's like, yeah, you don't try to be cool. <laughs> yeah. another, another reference to dolls and being cool. <laughs> yeah. And right when she walked, right when Winona walks into the office there, there's this, I, I think I rewound it like three times because she, she just walks in and she just throws her jacket and it lands perfectly on the coat rack. Yeah. And I just like, what a cool move. She's just like, she doesn't even really look. She just tosses it and it makes contact. And I'm thinking, how many times did they have to yeah, do that for yeah, it to that, actually That would stick? be a fun one. How many takes was that? No, knowing Mello was probably one take. <laughs> yeah, probably. And I was like, dang, did you see that? I totally nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's interesting too, because, you know, we see the girl um, coming out of the snow and she's she's got that mark on her face in the opener. And she goes up to the rev at the gas station and this rev is, you know, we, we see that he's a rev, his eyes glow and immediately he's ready to like prey on her until he sees that mark. And then he's actually scared. So it's interesting to see that there are different levels of like badness among the revenants where we're seeing that, yes, you know, some of the revenants fear it's, I don't know that they're actually scared of Bobo, but they, you know, they have this healthy, respectful fear of him. But this guy was like genuinely scared of what this woman represented. Mm -hmm. And that was interesting too, because it's like, well, we've just taken like revenants up a notch if they're afraid of each other. Oh, and especially once we start to get more background on Lou and Lou and Bobo, because up to this point, we just thought Bo Bobo was in. So getting another yeah. perspective on him too. And the other thing I had in my notes with that scene is again, another reminder for me, how much horror element we have here in season one with the wolf, you know, tearing her apart. It's pretty brutal. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, again, don't, don't, don't remember that as much, but gotta, gotta keep a note to myself when folks say, is there a lot of blood or horror in this one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Season one, it's a bit. 
every it's like everything's just like yeah when you look back at it now you know like yeah it's pretty gross it, it, yeah, the sound it effects definitely help so yeah it's like we've got we've got this yeah you know, it's a pretty dramatic episode and then you've got your horror elements like you just talked about and then you've got these these bits of comedic elements like when waverly's listening to the bar surveillance and she's got these big headphones on and <laughs> It's so funny to me because she's yelling. You know how when you have headphones on, you don't realize how loud you are. Like my kids do it and they sing and they are so loud and out of tune because they can't hear themselves. Yeah. But she's like, they're just sitting there and she's like, oh my gosh, you guys, they're talking about dolls. They're speculating that your penis is so small. I know. <laughs> her face, her tone of voice, the how loud she is, is just like. It's just so innocent and so funny. There are so many cute Waverly moments in this one. Like you, yeah. like you said, the serious nature of the episode, little horror element, and we get to break it with cute Waverly in several different scenes. Uh, and also Winona with the one-liners. I mean, she is just dropping them left and right. Like you said, a couple of pop culture references, a few other references. It's different things happen with her and Willa. So, yeah, just balancing it. Just such a great job of balance. And this is another one of those episodes too, where like looking back now, it's like, she just looks so young here. And I know a lot of it is just like the way she's acting and that kind of thing. And she's, she's coming into it, you know, coming into her own, but still like so far to go in the progression of things yet to come. Just, just like just little baby Waverly still. Well, if you think about it too, this season one was shot at the end of 2015. So right. we're almost going on seven years. Yeah. Let's face it. All of us to some degree have, a, you know, think about a seven year difference for yourself. Right. So, Absolutely. You know, it is. It, you know, sometimes we lose track of it, especially if you caught up on the show and watched several seasons at once, but yeah, this was shot late 2015. So yeah, just a time capsule. Yeah. And then this is during this scene too. This is where, I guess this is the first time Dolls finds out that Bobo's telekinetic at all. Like, I guess he didn't even really know that. And he's like, when were you going to tell me this? Yeah. <laughs> and Wayne and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that he can move things with his mind thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, Dolls has a good point because he's like, if he can move metal with his mind, what do you think he's, he can do with Peacemaker? Like, he can just snatch Peacemaker from you. As we saw. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's got some good points and, you know, we see that they don't always tell each other everything. And so we're starting to get these little bits of information that they're both finding out about each other, especially throughout this episode. Oh, yeah. So much comes out. So much. <laughs> I like to um, how this scene is really like this sly little scene where. Waverly's, you know, still doing the surveillance and she's just starts kind of bad mouthing men and lumping them all into like the same category where she's like, oh, these revs are all just talking about, you know, how much beer they can consume. And, you know, all men are just this like all of a sudden she's poo pooing all men in general. Right. So a little mm -hmm. bit of a shift. And then how she says, oh, this is and she makes this a point to say this out loud that it's mucho taxing on her bladder. We all know now that it's just an excuse so she can slip out and go see Nicole Hot. <laughs> yeah, I love how it ties together. I know. <laughs> now we know, Again. but at the point, it's like, what? Okay, whatever. Why make it such a big deal to go into the bathroom? Mm -hmm. like, so you won't notice me when I'm gone for a bit. 
And we have more of these glimpses of Winona and her powers of observation where she, um, where dolls is like, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I haven't really been around lately. And she's like, yeah, don't, you know, I've noticed the bruises on your knuckles. And then, you know, this is because he was been beating up whiskey Jimmy in his spare time. Um, and then when they're talking, when they're listening to the surveillance together and the revs are talking about how whiskey Jim hasn't been around and Winona's like, what's a whiskey Jim? And he shushes her right away. Cause like, he doesn't want to deal. He doesn't want to talk about that because she's like catching on to these things. He's like changing the subject right away. But um, yeah, there's like, they're giving each other a little bit of information about each other, but still holding this stuff back from each other. But she's, she's always observing. Yes, but again, we're only, let's not forget, 10 episodes in. They're still getting Ten used episodes. to each other. We're, we're three episodes from the end of this season, <laughs> Kevin. No, I mean, as far as relationships, though, you know, we take it for granted now, having seen four seasons. But True. at this point, it's only 10 in. The characters are still kind of getting to know each other, you know. know. So, but then we didn't get know it. he know. wasn't going to be around for very long. So it's like, in my mind, I'm like, speed it up. He's not going to be here much longer. That's why you got to slow down and savor them. Again, <laughs> <laughs> the non-binge model. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and it comes out that uh, Bobo's real motive for buying shorties is that it's a cover and it's a safe place for him because with so many civilians around, they can't just go in and start shooting people up because civilians are always there drinking. So this is going to call attention to some things. Very smart, you know, yeah. got to give him credit, really. Because at first one, while it was a shocker from a story point of view, oh, about that, you know, just like, and then when we start to work through it, you're like, oh, he's a crafty one, isn't he? Okay, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's been around a long time. He's got some mm-hmm. history and he's had plenty of time to figure out how to do these things. He's a, he's a very smart businessman and a smart revenant. <laughs> Our Bobo. Yes, it buys it. He's a great bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, something happens that really upsets Bobo. Cal, the revenant from the gas station, comes in and he starts talking about this Lou guy, which really gets Bobo in a tizzy. Um, and it turns out they've got some bad blood. There have been some boundaries. I guess there's like turf that the revs work on that we weren't really aware of. And Bobo's finding it hard to believe that Lou would cross back into his territory yeah so. yeah and talking about the weapon he has and everything else this was such a good good job of uh, misleading us or getting us thinking in so many directions what could it be what what kind of a few do they have and right to hear what we now know would be the really the lead being mm-hmm. referred to as a weapon yeah it's a really interest, interesting twist to the whole thing right yeah like here, all, all, all the way up to now, everything's been this lead, lead, lead. And then we have this weapon. Dummy me didn't even put two and two together that it could be one and the same thing. I'm just thinking, what does this guy have? Oh, oh, yeah. That's, again, the joy of watching the story and each of them through the different seasons play out sometimes. What a great job the writers did of you know, giving us little morsels and then giving us a curveball on the morsel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then get us wondering what it all means. <laughs> And uh, while Cal is there, his tooth starts making this buzzing noise and it turns out it's some interference and uh, Bobo puts two and two together that like, oh, you 
get some radio interference with this bad feeling you have. And that's when Bobo finds the bug. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, being the smart guy that he is, he figures it out and basically starts talking to dolls and Winona through the bug. <laughs> and this is when he lets the cat out of the bag that uh, Doc and Winona have been sleeping together. Whereas he puts it, uh, Doc has been parking his stallion in Winona's paddock. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I never heard anybody refer to it like that before. Oh, I mean, <laughs> it's so cringy. Like, it's so good, but it's just so bad, too. And it's just like all these things that Bobo does that just makes your skin crawl, right? Like, oh, you just talk so icky sometimes, but it's what makes him so great as a villain. Yeah, and it's so fun to watch Winona try to backpedal out of that one with dolls. It's so awkward. And they're both just like, what? And I don't know if you took this the way I took this, but when Winona goes, She's basically making a horse sound. (laughs) And I know it's like a way that people like, you know, like whatever. But the Uh, way she did it was so horse soundy. I was like, okay, that can't be a coincidence. (laughs) It's like this whole horse metaphor. And then she makes a horse sound. I'm like, oh, God, you're not helping this bad. (laughs) I don't don't know when it was. It was definitely not my first time through, but it was definitely a a rewatch at some point when that clicked in my head. Uh, but yeah, that's one of those jewels that, yeah. Yeah. And combined with her face too, it's just like, it just makes it more crass and more funny. It's just pure gold. Like I said, so well balanced with her lines, this episode with the story parts. Yeah. And she's just like, sweat. Yeah. We got to yeah. work on Lou. That's the takeaway. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't say no, but she definitely is like, mm, let's like talk Mr. about something Mr. else. Look over yeah. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's you know, breaking the tension with this Lou business. And she's like, oh, we should really go look into him. Uh, Bobo clearly doesn't like him. Uh, and Dolls, uh, when he gets up to leave, he's like, yeah, well, don't get too distracted by Doc's horse. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, okay, there it is. And she's like, okay, clearly you're bothered by this. And then she hands him his phone and she's like, you know, don't forget this, which we find out later. She put a tracking app on it and that's why she had it in her hand, that sneaky little thing. And this is another one that I got to admit, first few times on the watch, it didn't really click with me other than her being helpful to give him a phone. And then it's right there. I mean, I just, I didn't see it that, oh, of course she did because she wanted to make sure she had a way to find him since she's been as comes out a little bit, been worried about him because he's been disappearing. Yeah. So she, again, crafty. Yeah. And I love, too, that they don't flat out, like, they never showed us her doing that to his phone, right? We just see this quick, like, oh, it just seems like he left it on the desk situation. And then a couple scenes later, it's like, oh, okay, that's why you had it in your hand to hand it to him. In the meantime, Waverly still hasn't come back from the bathroom. And now we see why, because she's just been (laughs) hanging out with Nicole and just, you know, orbiting her. And then Nicole walks by and pulls her into Nedley's office. And they're about to have this cute little rendezvous when we get a Winona interruptus. There we go. It's also Oblivia Winona. Yeah, it's just so (laughs) funny because... Here we've got these great observation skills she has. Like, oh, I've except. noticed your knuckles. <laughs> except when it's right in front of her front of face. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how do you not pick up on the fact that they're both in a doorway together? The, you know, this close proximity. 
but she's just so wrapped up in her own story, right? That she's like, she's she's gonna let this secret out. She blurts it out that she and Doc slept together. Um, yeah, just so clueless. It's just it's so fun. It uh, is. It's just so natural. Yeah, and Nicole's like, wait, that's news. <laughs> and then Waverly's place is clearly tells that. Uh, Oh, yeah, you had no clue. All right. Yeah, that was kind of like a oops moment. Yeah. And I like, too, that Nicole's like, okay, this is crappy that I know and you don't know. I'm just going to, like, I got to get that phone real quick. Yeah. What a what a convenience to have the phone ring just when you need to disappear. Huh? Saved by the bell. <laughs> and, uh, and this whole exchange is just a super sweet sister moment where you know, Waverly gets all parental. She's like, it's a parental look on her face. And Winona's immediately like on the defense, right? She's like, look, we're both grownups. And Waverly makes a comment like, well, yeah, one of you is a little more grown up, don't you think? You know, making an obvious stab at Doc's age. And uh, she's like, why are you just telling me this now? And of course, Winona's going to tell her now because she, she doesn't want Waverly to have found out from somebody else. It's, I mean, I'm sure she meant to tell her, but now that she knows that Bobo of all people and uh, dolls know, of course, she wants to let her know before she has to hear it from somebody else. Yeah. And then these are the nice, subtle herb sister moments that I love too. I mean, you know, like we like very much some of the way hot stuff that doesn't really go a lot of places in this episode, but this, just some nice, subtle, very natural exchanges on things in the middle of everything else going on. It just makes you, you know, appreciate these relationships even more. Yeah. It's like, they're, you know, they're still solving this major, this major case. And she's like, oh, crap, I, qu- I quick, I got to find Waverly. Got to let her know what's up, you know, and, and, you know, she feels bad about it. And um, Waverly asks her if she, if she loves him. And Winona just rolls her eyes at her and says, relax, you know, it's it's just sex. And as she walks away, Waverly's like, well, that's not a no. <laughs> She's not wrong. Who's, who's the big sister here now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they and they do such a great job of like switching back and forth with those roles, too. Yeah. They, they definitely know when the other needs them. You know, we have Winona gifting Doc, basically, Constance's car, which is is a funny exchange in and of itself. Like, you know, here's uh, your opponent's stallion and, you know, what do you want to do with it? But what we get out of it is even bigger where we get this classic line from Doc about being delicate and dainty and blue. And the way he looks at Winona when he says that he thinks that she'd be very pretty and blue is just like the sweetest exchange. And you know, this is another Doc and Winona exchange on the porch. Exactly. So between this being one of the early porch scenes, maybe not Mm -hmm. as emotional as some of the later ones, but between seeing them on the porch and him mentioning the delicate and dainty and blues, oh, I got to tell you, rush of emotion hit me on this end. A rush of emotion. It just... Just the tingles too, because it's like you, the way he addresses her and the love you can already see in his eyes. And like you said, you know, we're only 10 episodes in, but we've got this connection that's definitely formed with them. And as, as much as they both want to deny it, it's very obvious, right? It's obvious to everybody but them. 
just rushing forward in my head and in my heart when I think of it. Yeah. And, you know, the whole, you'd be very pretty in blue. What color uh, dress does she wear to Waverly's wedding, Kevin? What does he say when he sees Alice? Mm-hmm. Same things, man. Same yep. things. Dainty and delicate and blue. And so, you know, we get her in the blue dress. We get Alice in the in the blue blanket. It's just the way they they piece that back in throughout the show. It's, it's just so amazing. It's just these it's, great little It's nuggets. a lot. It's another great example of why the show is so, so special. Yeah. And the the continuity and the story writing is keeping those elements in. And and it's so interesting too. It's like, did did they know those elements would be something we would grab onto, right? How many times do you hear this line come back up over and over again? Or you see the gift that goes along with it whenever somebody wants to grab someone in the feels, insert this line, right? Yep. Yep. And seeing it this early on. Whew. Got to tell you, I've I've talked about how, you know, there are definitely going to be some big emotional moments for for all the characters. But for for me, the thing that just gives me, you know, the goosebumps and just makes me even appreciate the show more is when we have something like this, that especially early on, you know, none of those phrases meant much to us, did they? Right. Conversation on the porch. No big deal. Mm hmm. But what it's going to mean for additional conversations I have, some, some of those emotional moments when we get seasons three and four. Oh, what an amazing journey we are on. It's, it's like in, at face value, it's like it's about this exchange of a car. But no, it's not. Not a, It's not about the car at all. <laughs> it's this foundational right. relationship that's building. It has nothing to do with this shockingly pink car it's a huge pink car you can't miss it in the white landscape of purgatory <laughs> oh, I, I mean the fact that it's pink too is just like it's so funny it's like was she selling mary Kay? like where'd she get this car <laughs> okay now we're dating ourselves okay <laughs> come on the fact that you bring that. it up and it made me laugh okay <laughs> Some of you folks, be like, likely Mary the younger Kay. ones are like, Mary Kay, selling Mary Kay. I think they still do that. <laughs> uh, and then we get this, you know, another relationship scene with Winona and Dolls. And, um, you know, she tracks him down and then kind of sweet talks him. Like, so this is where we find out that she's tracked his phone. He's with Whiskey Jimmy. And uh, she hits his car to flush him out of the warehouse. And then she goes into this whole sweet talky thing talking about, oh, I just, I really hope you're not keeping important things from me. And I just, you know, so many men have hurt me lately. Please just don't be another one of them. And he's like leaning in. You think they're about to kiss. And he's like, you know, nobody in there is going to hurt you. Don't worry. You know, like I'll protect you. Why not? It's just like all these unsaid things, but you can see it and feel it. And then bam, she handcuffs him to the car. (laughs) Oh, oh she is steps ahead. And I'm thinking like now I'm like, oh, you were so suckered. I was suckered. I thought for sure she was coming on to him the whole time. I'm like, what is happening here? I thought she loved Doc. What is going on? <laughs> it's Winona playing a yes. situation to her advantage. 
She's good at what she does. Mm-hmm. Inside, we find Whiskey Jimmy, who's, you know, being tortured by dolls. And uh, he starts telling them that Bobo has, uh, and Lou were thick as thieves. Um, but Lou never understood why, like, Revs needed to hide. Uh, and when they parted ways, Lou took something so dangerous, no one ever tried to cross him again. What was it? Very ominous, wasn't it? Right. We didn't know then. <laughs> uh, and this is when Winona puts Peacemaker to him. It starts to sizzle. And then she basically, you know, tortures it out of him. And he tells us that Lou can be found at the Pine Barrens, which <laughs> Winona says, Pine, Pine Barrens, beautiful place, hell of a bad rap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just thinking you should really work for the tourism council. <laughs> but speaking of tourism... This is just another reminder of what this whole episode is a great reminder of the beauty in the landscape of Calgary. Just freaking cold, but gorgeous. Oh, goodness. Yes. I mean, and, there's so, so many scenes we get to see how cold they were. Emily talked about it a little bit in the postmortem, too. So, yeah, another gleaming yeah. example of it. Yeah, she uh, Bridget asks her, she says, let's discuss those scenes in the woods that made me want to find a blanket. How cold was <laughs> it when you guys were shooting? And Emily says it was so cold that you can't even pretend not to put your leads in parkas and hats, even with warming stations and hotshot packets all over your body. We just had to dress them like they were in the winter because they were in the winter. <laughs> she said they were very game. And then she goes on to say that the person that got the short end of the stick was Gord Rand, who plays Lou. He's a lovely, 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 lovely person. And we flew him in from Ontario. The night of the attack on the compound was definitely the coldest night we had filming Winona. It was so cold that the camera stopped working. And poor Gord was wearing khaki linen pants. And he was like, and then it quotes, I don't want to be all Ontario about this, but I feel like I might die. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why. Yeah, it was cold and it's nighttime and eesh, it's very believable because it's actually cold. So in this exchange between Dolls and Winona, when she's telling him about the Pine Barrens, I felt like there was a lot there where, you know, Dolls is, is trying to say, you know, we need these constant streams of samples from Whiskey Jimmy. And Winona's like, wait a minute, this whole time you were disappearing? I thought you were sick. Okay. And she's like, you can see the concern on her face. You can hear it in her voice. And she's like, I thought, no, I thought you were seriously sick, like bad sick. Like, don't tell your friends sick because you don't want to scare them. And then she says, because sometimes you get sick and, you know, we're, I'm recounting in my head, like the times he's been sweaty, the times she's been like, are you okay? And just kind of checking in on him. And she's just showing here, like how scared and relieved she is that like this whole time he's been disappearing, he's been going to whiskey Jimmy to get samples and do whatever it is he's been doing to her. Right. And then he's like, you know, she's relieved that it's not the case and a little bit pissed at him that she's been worried about him this whole time for no reason. And then he's like, I'm all right. I'm not sick. But then under his breath, he says, exactly. Hmm. And Winona just is has moved on to the mission, right? And she didn't hear it. But Kevin, he was sick. Hey, the, there is so much about dolls in this episode. And that's just the beginning of it right there. Yeah. Like she, she's like, wait a minute. 
this whole time I was worried about you. And he's like trying to be like, okay. But he's also not trying super hard to be like, no, 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 I was fine. It's like, you can see where he's kind of touched that she was worried about, like he's making that connection that like, oh, she does care about me. And then she's like, yeah, I care about you. That's why I'm pissed off that that's, this is what I thought this whole time. Mm-hmm. But I just thought, oh, he really was sick. You, you <gasps> were right, Wynonna. You're onto something. We also have this moment where she's, he tells her that, you know, don't get too excited about everything that Whiskey Jimmy told us because, you know, you don't always get good intel when you're torturing someone. And she's like, oh, no, these guys are just cockroaches to me. And he gets really upset. And he's like, no, don't do that. Don't get all callous and hard. Um, You know, don't forget that you're human. And again, we're seeing like the softer side of dolls start to come through. And I'm also wondering here, like, at what point does he know his demise? Like, I know he's like actively taking his, I don't know, serum from BBD. But like, is he prepping her for when he's no longer going to be there? Like, this is the path that you have to do. You know, originally he was like, he wanted her to be a warrior, but now he's like, but don't lose your softer side. Well, I think part of it, and we talked about this in some of the early season one discussions, he is always, or has appeared to be the type that's always putting everybody at arm's length. Don't get too attached, especially after everything he went through with BBD. And as you said, probably knowing that uh, potentially at any time, you know, something can go horribly wrong with his serums and everything they did to him. So I don't know. I don't know if he knew something was imminent Mm -hmm. as much as he knew it's best, even if I care about someone, just to keep them at a hands or an arm's length in case. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just where my gut went on this one. Um. And then when they go to the woods too, we find out that she knows more about him than we think she does where she's like, you know, listen, I know you're not really used to all this snow being from Arizona and all. And he's like, how do you know I'm from Arizona? And she says, it's because the most excited he ever got was when the Cardinals beat the Cowboys. And I like that she's leading this mission because she knows these types of conditions. She's, you know, she's grown up in the snow and these harsh conditions. And she's like, I got this. Just make sure you don't do this. Stay warm, hydrate. Like she's really leading this mission. And it's a good thing because as it turns out, it's not necessarily about the cold, but the fact that they're in the woods that here Doc has this hylophobia, this intense fear of the woods, which is a really interesting uh, condition to have. Mm-hmm. Well, you said Doc when I think you meant dolls. Oh yeah, dolls. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to quickly jump back a scene. Mm-hmm. Because when they, when they were having that conversation about, you know, looking at the Pine Barrens and the map, um, at one point, Winona says that there were rumors about the trees being haunted. Oh, yeah. Bolshar, anyone? Oh, I was just going to say, like the murder trees? Yeah. Oh. Oh. I didn't catch that. <laughs> nice. Woo-hoo. Kevin yeah, got one and did got one. Ding, ding. <laughs> score is kevin one and about 72 but that's okay no, no. <laughs> yeah that's yeah because i was like finally piecing together like we'll we'll get to that later but yeah that's <laughs> just an interesting line might have not meant anything at the time but i couldn't help but mentally go there well then when you say that it's like you have to wonder like how much of what 
goes on during this weird situation they have in the woods is just Yiska and how much could possibly, if you look at it, could be a little bit of Bolshar element too. Like, just definitely don't go there. It's like, don't go in that woods. It's not good daytime or nighttime. Yeah, lots of reasons why. Yeah, not. just yeah. stay clear. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we have a we go back to Waverly giving Doc a little lecture now, and she's like, "Do you really think this is a good idea? You two sleeping together? Like, come on now." <laughs> she's you know mother henning him. And he's like, you know, well, I don't kiss and tell. And he's like trying to be all, you know, coy about it. And she's like, you know, what's going to happen when this implodes? You know, it's going to wreak havoc on the team. And she has a really good point. Again, Waverly being like the grown up in this situation. And uh, she also suggests that, you know, maybe instead of smashing this car, you could learn to drive it. <laughs> <laughs> What a, what a novel idea <laughs> in a town where people are always walking. Maybe you could just use this car <laughs> and walking in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. But yeah, I just, I love those scenes where Waverly's just like mother henning the mom um, in the woods of disaster that no one should ever go in. Dolls and Winona get separated. And I just was like, why? why did she take her holster off? But I guess maybe it was like part of the. Just being hypnotized by the yeah, light. I took it myself. That force that kind of drew her in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's just weird. Like they're in different realms. Like she's drawn into the light. She thinks she's dead. He's like in a dark spot They're They're calling for each other, but they can't hear each other. Uh, and then she wakes up basically in a cult, but typical Winona she wakes up in a very strange place but immediately is thinking on her feet she's like oh yeah I'm Courtney you know gives them a fake name she's just quippy she's rolling with everything we find out the leader of the cult's name is Yiska and this woman this woman that she has uh, her initial interaction with her name is Eve Eve Kevin <laughs> I was waiting for you to bring that up. Eve, what what do we make of this? Is this anything? Is this conspiracy theories? Line them up. If we get a season <laughs> five, like what? Come on. She could have had aye, any aye. name in the world. Her name is Eve. This again, it's probably Lou, though, because again, being cult leader. Okay. Maybe that's he's just partial to that name, or because he saw how strong willed she was. I, you know, I a, a lot of these just rush through my head, and I don't, I don't, I can't really connect them. Right. You know, I mean, it's like the first time through watching this. You know, I, I mean, what did you think when you were meeting Eve and all? Because I kind of became obvious that that was a character my own was going to interact with in the episode, but I didn't think it would be anything more than that. I didn't think of it to be anything more until season four. Like looking back is only now when I'm like, wait a minute. Is this, is there anything here? Am I just so paranoid that I'm like, this can't, something is like, I don't know. I'm interesting. Your mind just can't help but try to connect. Right. Even when there's no connection there. Yeah. 
I'm not saying there isn't. I'm just saying, you know, that this is this is our lot and enjoying Earth. Right. And knowing how many things people. do tie together, we start looking for everything to tie together. <laughs> yes. So it's just like I don't 100 percent trust that this couldn't come back to bite us somewhere <laughs> in another way, shape, or form. But um so yeah, another really glossed over exchange that I really liked was when Yiska says to Winona, I sense darkness in you, a deceit. <laughs> Winona leans in and whispers, and usually a pint or two. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, God, it's so good. So good. And um, he also says that she is safe there amongst her sisters, which I know is a way to just refer to a bunch of women in a cult. But I was like, hmm, sisters. Mm-hmm. Now we know. Now we know. <laughs> and um, the exchange between Wynona and Eve is really interesting too, where Wynona's like, Did you burn all of my things, even those that things that don't don't burn? And Eve's like, Well, guns are the devil's teeth. And Wynona goes on to explain, like, well, I get that, I see your point, but I only shoot bad people. It's kind of the point of me slash it. And um, Eve asks how, well, you know, how can you tell the good from the bad? And Winona goes on to explain that the good ones are usually scared, but they push past the fear and they do what's right. Even when it hurts, even when every instinct tells them to do, um, to do, you know, whatever they can to survive. And, um, you can see here, like Winona's wheels always turn in, right? Like she's talking directly to Eve, trying to convince her, like, pull her out of this cult situation and get her to help her and she's also describing herself yeah you know and who she is and why we love her for that and and a subtle little mel thing that i love when she's trying to explain this to eve is you can hear or at least i can again maybe again i'm projecting when she's trying to explain this she wants to say peacemaker right but then realizes she shouldn't so i swear i hear the beginning of a p before it turns into me mm. i'll have to go back and look <laughs> just planting a little earworm there for you yeah <laughs> but yeah and it's just like and then when you know it's you know you're watching it and then when you go back and watch it knowing that like okay she's having an interaction with her long lost sister like, that's just so crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Um, Not as crazy as knocking her out with a bedpan, though. No, it's so great. <laughs> She's like, I'm so sorry. I hope that was clean. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know never saw that whole exchange. I know. She knocks her out and apologizes as she skedaddles out of there. Yeah. Oh. oh, and then, so when they're sitting on the bed and, you know, they're having this conversation of like when Eve first got there and all this stuff. I get the sense that when Winona asked Eve, you know, she's like, well, what's Yiska going to do with that man? Because, you know, they're pretending they don't know each other to keep each other safe. Uh, and then Eve says, well, he won't last five minutes in the hole. And then she goes, you know, the root cellar behind the greenhouse. I feel like she did that on purpose, like totally explained exactly. Like she basically drew her a map, like, <laughs> you know the one two paces behind the root cellar next to the greenhouse. It's like she, I 
basically told her exactly where to find him. Now, when you watched it and Winona asks Eve if, you know, she's like, has, um, has Yiska ever mentioned a person named Bobo? Eve says, Bobo, that can't be a real person. But her face, like. Got a hint of a smile. Right? Didn't it look like yeah. she was like making some connection that she knew Bobo? I I don't know. But I thought about that. I don't know. Is it just I, I, I don't know. This know? is one of those. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. It, I, I, it is such a weird name though, that right. it would make sense for someone to, to literally kind of go, you know, into a little bit of a laughing fit. Bobo. Um, so, but yeah, could it have been the start of triggering something in her? Right. Cause she doesn't have, you know, she doesn't have memories of everything else. Right. But I was like, no, a watching now. I'm like, did, yeah, did it trigger something? Were we supposed to read it that way? I mean, I never saw it the first time, but no, and I don't know. I don't, you know, again, when I'm in my mode of trying to connect everything, I get it, but I don't, I just don't think so. I don't okay. think so on that one. All right. We'll dismiss that one. We'll put We'll put it in a maybe pile. <laughs> <laughs> never fully give up on it <laughs> i can't i just can't <laughs> just can't i just can't do it um and then eve convinces the gang uh did i did i fast forward no no no, no. um so then when they do end up releasing like you know they're gonna set her free when she gets caught and then um yiska marks them and you know, they feel like, oh, we're set free, but this is like the worst thing that can happen to them, right? Because once he puts that mark on them, you know, bad things are going to happen. Eve convinces the gang to release Winona in purgatory. She just dumps her out of a murder van into the streets of purgatory. But she's also given her this list. And when she and Waverly you know, research it, it's a list of all these women who have gone missing, who apparently were found ripped apart broken bones by animals, all this stuff. And Wynonna says, see, this is why I don't do pets. <laughs> and at the bottom of the list, it says help, which the Scooby gang deduces means that they want help. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, it's a great way to show. And even a little later on, Lou's complaining about how uh, Eve doesn't just fall in line. So, yeah, she's not a conformer. Not a conformer. I mean, I know it came in and said she was, you know, a fighter mm-hmm. when Lou tried to initially uh, start the brainwash pattern. So, you know, that's, I'm not saying we should have seen it, but again, it's another example of two strong-willed herb sisters. <laughs> right. I was just going to say, knowing what we know now, like a strong characteristic of being an herb, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Eve recognizing that, hey, this Winona person you know, might be able to help me out if I give her mm-hmm. some info and convince them to just release her instead of uh, leave her in the woods to to die from the cold and all. Right. And that she gives her, you know, she's not necessarily saying, you know, help me. She's like giving a whole list of like, I want you to help all these people. You yeah. know, it's also a general help, but like she's specifically listing, you know, look into this. Right. So then like the bad part of me is not the bad part of me. There's the side of me that's like, oh, everything I've ever thought about Willow is like, oh, she did have this 
she was trying to preserve all these other people and save them at this point. But yeah, but at this point, she doesn't have all her memories. So yeah. I think it's more instinctual rather than choice, you know? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, stay, that's staying up on Anne's on the board. And the, the scene when Waverly, like, comes walking up to Nicole, who's where she's standing at, like, the front desk. It's, like, so cute. I can't stand it. The relationship is, like, it's obviously at this different level, right, as a result of, like, what happened the week prior. Um, and Nicole's, like, how, where were we? The last time we were talking, I seem to remember something about candles and you wanting to get me in a sexy black dress. And then she realizes, like, the look on Waverly's face is, like, not in the same zone. And she's, like, oh, something's wrong. Sorry. <laughs> She immediately is like, oh, record scratch. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what's happening right now. Um, and then Waverly says that a lot of things might be wrong. And she mentions Winona's gun. And Nicole's like, yeah, what's the deal with that gun anyway? And it's just, just another reminder of how out of the loop Nicole still is at this point. Like she's really, she's come a bit of a ways, but she's still so far back in the loop of what everyone else knows and what she doesn't know and that's a that's a great that's some great dialogue to remind us as viewers because as viewers we're watching everybody we think learning everything and we right. needed to be reminded that no that information has been withheld from nicole so far which has got to be really hard to do too because they're they're in the same building that's they're in separate rooms but there's all this you know paths crossing and Waverly and Nicole spending time together like how are these things like everyone's keeping everyone in the dark about something on this show at this point <laughs> everyone's got their secrets another reminder that we're only 10 episodes in and the entire Scooby gang is not together yet no <laughs> let's see but they're working pretty well together considering it's starting it's coming together it's forming and then we get the funny call over the radio that Waverly overhears. And uh, it's about a pink car driving erratically. <laughs> Can't Waverly, be too many of those in purgatory. No, she's like, did they say pink? <laughs> uh, and uh, the look on Waverly's face is like, great. This is just like another fire I need to put out at this point. Right. Because right now she's just like scrambling, trying to like convince so-and-so that you love so-and-so and it's like, do this, do that. And like, you're going to mess up the whole team and oh great now doc's speeding you know through town in his giant pink car that nobody taught him how to drive <laughs> that i suggested he do yeah, and she, now yes, i'm responsible yes. great <laughs> that's exactly what i thought of is it'd be one thing if she hadn't been the one who suggested that he drive it yeah now she's having regrets about that uh and then um so now Dolls, we find out that Dolls is still in the woods. You know, he's he's been released, but he wasn't uh, lucky enough to get dropped into the middle of town. And he finds the, the car and he gets in there and he's in need of his liz lizard meds. Uh, and this is another one of those really cool, like comic booky type shots that we end up getting um, where we see him you know look out into the woods and we see winona's um gun and holster hanging from the tree and it kind of like zeroes in on it mm -hmm. I, I really like that shot that one sticks with me and we're back at uh stone cold's car and it's been, it's been pulled over by officer hot who walks up to doc 
the scene is just such a fun scene. It's like this contrast between like the white, white snow, like there's nothing for miles. Right. And then it's just this giant pink car. And I love that as a new driver, he's clueless as to what's happening right now or how to act as Nicole approaches the car. And she's like, you were doing 140 and a 50. And he's just staring at her smiling like, hey, it's good and? to see you. <laughs> like, what, what are we doing right now? Yeah. Does that, does that get me a prize? Is that right. What that is? So, yeah. What's that good? <laughs> uh, look at me driving. I'm driving, man. <laughs> and uh, she's like, yeah, I'm going to need your license and <laughs> registration. And he's like, it's me, Doc. <laughs> and I don't have either of those things. And Tim's face when he's doing this whole dopey thing is just so funny. Um, and then Spicy Waverly storms up to the car and, you know, arms crossed. She's pissed off and wants answers. And uh, Doc just looks at Nicole like, Please save me. Like, yeah, I would get me out of here. <laughs> be arrested than deal with this pint sized wrath right now. <laughs> and uh, Nicole's like, uh, You're not getting off that easy, stone cold. And she hands him a <laughs> ticket and walks away. It just, that whole exchange is just so. Funny. And I, I love, absolutely love the, the shot of her in the car just watching it like it's a soap opera oh it's a total exchange. soap opera she's like oh this is gonna be i'm not let missing me- this yeah <laughs> she's like let me get my snacks <laughs> let me get my drink and my snacks so i can catch up on this one. yeah it's like oh she's gonna let them have it um and that scene too was just like watching it today it's like it's such a cute scene and i've always liked that one but you know just over the past weekend Kat Burrell posted some memories from the set and yeah. one of the shots was her eating that sandwich in this scene. So it was just like, oh, it's like she's got that shot, you know, and her personal. And we're talking about that episode. Come on. Yeah. Tell me that wasn't like a another was... one of the ERP coincidences in this universe. I think she was talking directly to us through that I think photo so. Camera. That one I'm taking. No one can take it away from me. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's uh, it's really cute when Winona and Doc, uh, when she when he ends up finding her in the woods as she's like trying to find him too. this, like both of them are like just look so happy genuinely to see each other again. And he's like, the wolf is going to get us. You got to be quiet. (laughs) And uh, just when he thinks she's going to, you know, walk out of there to safety with him, she goes the other way. And she's like, no, no, we got to go save some cult girls. (laughs) Always on our mission. Always. It turns out Doc was, um, his plan was to leave town or so he says to go see his mom in Valdosta, which I'm just now realizing his mom should be long dead. No, he meant her grave. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. How's he going to visit her mom? <laughs> his mom, she would be long dead, but I just now realizing would have been her grave. And Waverly calls him out. She's like, BS, you're headed in the complete wrong direction. And um, it turns out his plan was really just kind of to leave without saying goodbye. And you can see how disappointed and sad she is. And she's like, but we need you. And then she says, you know, she needs you, meaning Winona. And he's like, oh, she's got dolls. You know, he's kind of sensing this, like, does she love me? Doesn't she like, you know, I don't know. I just feel like I should get out of here. And he's like, you know, I don't really do goodbyes. And um, remind you of anything? yes 
he writes the letter. It's just gonna thank you. Take off and Charlene. <laughs> I mean, at least he wrote a letter that time. But... <laughs> no, but... only he didn't write a letter. He wrote his own note. This is he wasn't right. Going to leave the letter. Yeah. So he says. Maybe he learned his lesson <laughs> after this firm talking to he got from Waverly. Um, but yeah, it's just like you can see already how important he is to Waverly and how, you know, does she just see that he's this cornerstone to the whole, maybe even a best man. Exactly. (laughs) See, how can this stuff not come rushing to us now when we watch this episode and we see this and we hear this dialogue and we look at the way these characters are interacting this early on. Right. Come on, man. Come on. And then she's like, you know, can you at least try like I'm trying with Nicole? And so it's like she's the first person. He's the first person that she tells about her relationship with Nicole, because up until this point, she hasn't really even told anyone they're a thing. You know, that's like how special this Doc Waverly relationship is. And then he says, well, the difference is she adores you back. So it's like he can even see, you know. It's right in front of Winona and she can't see it, but he's like, I can tell she adores you. Like, come on, because they're meant to be. Yeah. Very sweet. Very, very sweet. They go back, Winona and uh, dolls. They're going to rescue the women. And Eve's like, oh, you came back. (laughs) And I was like, we took a bath together. That shit bonds you for life. (laughs) But then Eve says, I knew our connection was real. I was like, yeah, is she feeling the sister connection? I mean, I didn't say that then because I was clueless, just like everybody else. But now I'm saying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bond, the bond is there. Yeah, that herb connection. And uh, as Eve and Winona run after Yiska, a bear comes after them. Which turns out that was like Yiska's wife, right? She was the actual skinwalker. He was. Like, I think that's part of what Dolls gives us towards the end. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm taking it that it was her. Yeah. Um, because at first I thought it was him that was turning into all those animals, but then he was on the snowmobile and the bear was there at the same time. So I was like, well, you can't be in two places at the same time. But more importantly, what happens is the bear knocks Peacemaker out of Winona's hands. And while she's struggling with the bear, she yells for Eve to get, you know, to get the gun. And when she picks it up and points it towards Yiska, it glows orange. Not only does it glow, but it fires for her and sends him back to hell. And now, I don't know about you, but first time through, that was record scratch. What is going on? Time. Gasping. Like, yeah, thank you. Gasping. Eyes bulging. No yeah. way. Yeah. And yeah. after Winona- nine and three quarters episodes, Peacemaker is Winona's. She's the only one who's going to shoot it. And to have that happen there was like, you it's know, knock like, me over with a feather. We know very few things to be true in this show, right? But we have known up until this point, this is how this, we know how Peacemaker works. Yeah. Or so mm-hmm. we thought. Um, so, yeah, she says, Eve says, what the hell was that? And Winona says, the impossible. And we know exactly what Winona's talking about at this point because it's like that's not supposed to happen. And so that means something crazy at this point in time. Yeah, but I don't know about you, but 
while I knew it meant something, I had no idea what it meant <laughs> still. No, I wasn't. It's still, I was like, well, I just was still doing a lot of whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. What, like, what did I just see? What, what just happened? Did I see it wrong? Yeah. And I think I was still like holding my breath in the police station when Nicole's reuniting all the families. And this, this scene's really emotional too. Cause like the music placement is just on par as it usually is and setting this whole tone. And we have dolls like, you know, we've, we've got Nicole just, you know, being the best police officer she can be. And it's sweet. She's reuniting these families. And then we've got Winona just staring ahead. Right. And dolls is next to her and he's unveiling this big revelation about how Yisko was using his wife, you know, as the actual skinwalker all these years. And it's like, Oh, look, the ghost river triangle is home to this whole realm of supernatural phenomenon as well as revenants. So that's like a game changer because at this point we just thought it was revs and like some witches, but now there's this other supernatural stuff that's also into play. Um, And he's like telling her all this stuff and she's really not paying attention at all because she knows what peacemaker firing has to mean. And doll's like, look, she could be lying. And she's like, no, she's not lying. And here is like your Winona Mel face that is just, you can see and feel all these emotions that this character has where she's just immediately got all this guilt. And she's thinking about how, you know, they thought she was dead all this time and they had given up looking for her and dolls is, is trying to like make her feel better somehow, which I don't think he believes any of the things he's saying, but he's like, no, no, no. There could be thousands of reasons why it worked for her. And Winona says, or there's one. And then that giant tear falls from her face and she wipes it away. And it's just one of those shots that's like, you you can never forget that scene because that never. face and that tear that and it's become a gift that's been used a million times to express like severe sadness <laughs> on Twitter. But yeah, that just that face, that scene. Just amazing. Just cornerstone stuff. Yeah. For 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 Winona, for us as viewers, seeing what Mel can do. And also making I, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but certainly making me feel what she must feel like. Again, realizing they gave up. Right. And who this is. Just just, I mean, that's like a two by four to the head. I mean, that, how do you, how do you even react to that? Well, and you have to think like, you know, your immediately, your immediate thought is like, you would think that someone in that position would be like, oh my God, great. We have this person back. Right. But there's that other end to it. That's like, oh my God, just, just like she says, like, we gave up on her. We, you know, this like, survivor's guilt kind of thing where it's just like, this whole time, like there gets to be this point where they just stop looking for her and yeah, just this immense sadness and how it's just such a mixed bag. Like you, yeah, you get someone back, but what does that all mean? And I can definitely say again for myself, having a week between episodes. So you have a week to think on this yeah. <laughs> before you go to the next episode. 
oh man, just again, thinking about the impact this must have had on Winona. Yeah. And um, what's next? What's going to, what's going to happen next? Yeah. yeah. That's what I love about the, you know, the postmortems with Bridget is she's always like, you know, but what's next? I mean, she tries, she doesn't very <laughs> often get an answer that's going to tell her anything, but um, yeah, it's just like asking the same questions we would all ask, you know, what, what now, like, where does this take you? And uh, you know, that's not even our parting scene. Our parting scene is Winona pulling up with, uh, with Eve, um, you know, as she walks away, she's like, um, you know, come on, you're coming, you're coming home. And the way she pauses in her delivery, she says, come on, you're coming home. And she pauses for a minute before she says with me. So it's like, you, you hear her say you're coming home. Yeah. But then she's like with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when they get to the homestead, Waverly's on the porch and she's, she's ready to break the bad news to Winona that, oh, you know, by giving Doc this car, you've basically enabled him to leave us. And as she's starting to tell her this, you know, story that she's been dying to tell her, Winona cuts her off saying, you know, I'm going to introduce you to one of the women that we helped today. You know, she's going to be staying with us for a while. And just as she says, Waverly, this is Gus comes out of the door, sees Eve, drops her beer and says, Willa. Bam, that's the ending. That's quite the ending. <laughs> Not only do we get this, like, I mean, she could have stopped right there with, uh, you know, Eve firing Peacemaker. But then you have this, and it's like, okay, we're going to bring this person home. And then I'm appreciative that Gus, like, says Willa, which kind of confirms everything that we've been thinking at this point in time. But I just, I never saw that coming. Take a number. <laughs> yeah. Like you've said. Speaking like, for a, a lot of us there. Absolutely. I was expecting mama to come back before I expected Willa to come back. Yeah. Same here. Exact same thing here. Just. Yeah. Cause like I say, you, my, my mind just then before F11 just goes, Oh, what's this going to mean uh, emotionally for Winona? What's this going to mean for Winona is the air. Is Peacemaker never going to work for her again? I mean, yeah, this entire she have, show. <laughs> she's done all this training and she's like done all this, you know, physical and mental training and really like started to embrace this role. And now does she have to give it up to her? And then where does that leave her? Like, what's her role in life? And yeah, yeah, just and we're emotionally invested in Winona. So it's like, well, now we got to like this person <laughs> as the heir. Like, I don't know if I can buy that. So many great, like, if I had to wait a week, <laughs> I would have just been like, <laughs> That's why I have I, fun. I have I, fun bringing up to folks who didn't have to wait. Because, yeah, I could think about it. I mean, and we've talked about this many times. When you think about some of these episodes and many more still to come. Right. Imagine if you had to wait the week or it was between seasons, the months. But there's that element of pleasure in that pain, too, where it's like, <laughs> what because i mean i i know how it felt for season four but yeah just like ah oh, you 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 hate it but love it at the same time you do you and, do that's that's what makes you know so much great fun in the fandom and the discussions that are on twitter or the podcast or anything else you know such great getting TV. to play the what if game yeah just uh being this uh participant in it by like a the active spectator right for this behind the scenes clip i thought it was a really neat one because 
it came from a different angle where, you know, all, all the other ones like are like about characters or storyline. This one was really interesting because it came from the special effects standpoint. And Emily mentioned that, you know, they were halfway through shooting the season before they figured out what they were going to actually do with the revenants when they were sent back and that they just had like this bunch of footage of actors doing these like weird writhing around jerky mo like movements on the ground and they were like oh we'll figure it out <laughs> later in post kind of thing and uh what they ended up doing was they made this green screen with a hole in the stage and then they had the actors uh, the revenant actors come back and like basically pulled them through this hole in the green screen to you know make that hole like sucking down into to hell kind of footage which I thought was pretty cool and um and then also that this one had two real animals in it which I thought was pretty interesting too like not one but two so like the wolf was real and turns out was uh a wolf that had also acted on Game of Thrones. So Emily was really excited that they got she it. She really was. It was a lot of fun. For, <laughs> Game of Thrones her actor. Excitement. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we have a cast member from the Game of Thrones. Yes, we do. <laughs> it's a wolf, but we have it. <laughs> Connection. Connection yeah. made. It's all about who you know. And uh, the, the bear's name was Ursula. And there's this footage about like, the bear was being fed applesauce from a spoon by its trainer in between, like making these motions of like scratching at Emily in front of a green screen. It's just like literally a big teddy bear. Like it's just like so scary in the show and the like, spoon fed on a tiny little tablespoon bites of applesauce. <laughs> like, and I can't help too, when you see this, you know, of the bear and, and all of that, and then you think back to the actual scene, and you've got Winona, you know, when the bear starts its thing, she first sees it going, you know, bear, big bear. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, that's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we can all tell it's a big bear. <laughs> it was a big bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's got to, they always say like acting with like babies and animals is extra challenging. So mm -hmm. to, to have that and not like CGI was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's just, another example with this BTS about how some of the things like the people and things and people that go into it and now animals that are so vital to the story and have so many moving components, but are so often overlooked. So I think the BTS really does a good job at just kind of pulling out these things that we don't always think of. Yeah. And as you said too, by talking about how they did it, I mean, the fact that when you're making a TV show, and again, what, what, I think what you said, it was like halfway through the season. So can you imagine if you think back on a lot of those revenant uh, deaths, if you want to call them that, um, you know, and what they had to do for those first six, seven episodes, and then go back and do it all again, you know, at least for the actors who were getting sucked to hell. Um, and in the end, us, you know, we just see the final product. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it look so easy, right? Yeah, like it's like just it was so natural. Yeah, it was yeah. always like that piece of cake. But it's like, you know, you think about it when they're like, okay, you're going to get a regular character. You're going to get shot, you know, by a gun and you're going to die. Like, we all know what that looks like. But <laughs> for these poor revenants, it was like, okay, she's going to shoot you with this peacemaker. 
okay, so then what do I do? Do I just like, I don't just die a regular death. And it's like, mm, we haven't really figured that out yet. Yeah. So if you could just like flop around for a bit. You could just like, flail a, a bit, pain. you know, <laughs> well, I will do it in post. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out somehow. Say yes and figure it out later. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So that's uh, episode 10 in a nutshell. It is. It is. And as you, you pointed out several of the, discussions Bridget uh, and Emily had there was one other quote that uh, really you know hit, hit hit the heart in a good way um, with Emily talking about uh, one of the questions about uh, the development of the relationship the way hot relationship and her her saying uh, quote that it was a precious little duckling of a relationship we have to keep it in a little box and keep it safe we have to keep way hot safe that just warms your heart hearing that this early as they're still playing out the season in their relationship. Not only did it warm my heart reading that, but it said shivers up my spine because it was like, and she does keep it safe, right? Because yeah. she does a bulletproof vest. So mm-hmm. it's like knowing that here in episode 10, way hot was, uh, was this precious thing that no matter what, was like she was gonna she was gonna take care of this this couple absolutely it's pretty awesome but yeah uh if you want to leave us a voicemail we've been getting some great emails um if you want to leave us a voicemail or an email you can do that by visiting us at herbologypodcast.com and you can click on the voicemail at the bottom right of the corner. Uh, there's a link for our website there or for our email as well there. Uh, or you can just go straight to herbologypodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. You can also find us on Twitter at herbology underscore pod. Yeah. Thank you again to all the folks too on Twitter who've been mentioning as you're listening and how much you're enjoying that we get you to think about some new things or maybe share a thought you hadn't thought of. I mean, the fact that uh, our discussions can somehow give you even more enjoyment of Earth, really, that warms my heart, I'm really sure. Yeah, we love hearing it. Um, you know, we're all pretty much in the same boat here. We're talking about and, uh, listening to a, a show that brings us so much joy. And so knowing that uh, Kevin and I having fun together, just talking about a show that we love also, uh, brings you some fun at the end of the week uh it's just that's really pretty damn cool yeah. that's pretty damn cool so that's why we say we appreciate it it is genuine yeah. <laughs> and i'll have nothing to say about this willa character in the next few episodes i'm sure, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's all i have fine. a hard time believing that <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll leave you with that uh, until next time bye take care everyone Oh, Willa. <laughs> Willa. These are going to have a lot of roller coasters. Oh, I know. Three episodes. And the fact that we get 13 and not 12 in this one. Like, <clears throat> thank goodness. Speaking of that, did you know one of these little tidbits? Maybe you came across it. Um, yeah. Season one, 13 episodes. Do you know when it was renewed, how many episodes it was re- renewed for for season two? No. It was initially only renewed for 10 episodes.
Why? They were going to drop it down to 10. I'm not a sci-fi executive. I have no idea, but they <laughs> had decided it was going to be 10. Um, it was after the situation with Mel revealing the pregnancy and Emily saying they were going to write it in and, and have a way you know, to make it all work, but that they really wanted a couple more episodes to be able to do that well. So uh, sci-fi upped them to 12 Fs. And then they just stayed with it for and then the they remaining st- seasons? And then stuck with it from there. But yeah, I'd initially, if you'll find some of the official press releases or the announcement when that first happened, it was a 10 episode, going to be a 10 episode second season. Can you imagine we would have got cheated out of six more episodes? Yeah, see? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa is right. Thank goodness <laughs> that didn't happen. Yeah. I can't. So, what what six tidbit. would you get rid of? Don't even start that conversation. <laughs>